0: Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. We've been uh, preaching and talking and looking at the kingdom of God. And the series has been titled, Your Kingdom Come. In the first week of the series, we talked about the purpose of the kingdom of God is to bring heaven to earth, that the kingdom of God is wherever the King Jesus, the presence of King Jesus is, wherever His rule and reign, His authority uh, is at full effect in our lives and in the earth and, and above the earth. Uh, the kingdom of God is not a place, it's a realm. Where God rules and reigns in our hearts. And then in the second week, we talked about the pathway to the kingdom is through uh, a humility, a poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Until we recognize our own need for a Saviour, our own need for the power of the kingdom to work in our lives, we're not going to be able to experience transformation of the kingdom in our hearts. And then last week, we talked about the priority of the kingdom, that on the first Sunday of a new year, we need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. And when Jesus says all these other things, he's talking about the temporal, material things of this world that we often become very anxious about. He wants to give us out of a good heart of a father and his provision for us uh, as we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And so today, I want to talk to you about the power of the kingdom. And uh, I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 12, and I'm going to read from verse 22 to 32, Matthew 12, 22 to 32, and a very interesting passage, confronting passage uh, about the supernatural realm. The Bible, particularly in New Testament, has a lot to say about uh, demons and darkness and And Jesus' solutions for uh, that uh, sort of realm of darkness that's in the earth. And, And we see an encounter here in Matthew 12. Matthew 12 verse 22 says, Then a demon oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees, who were the religious authorities, heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, it's a name for Satan, uh, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons, meaning those who follow the Pharisees, cast them out, therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, then indeed he may plunder the house. Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. Why don't we just pray together as we unpack this word. Father, we thank you for your presence right now in this room. And God, we've been singing about the authority, the victory, the power of your kingdom. We've been reading here in this passage about the power of your your kingdom confronting the kingdom of darkness. Father, I pray right now, would you illuminate your word to us? Holy Spirit, would you fill us with your presence? Would you open up our minds and hearts to hear and understand the truth of the power of the kingdom of God? And I pray today, oh God, that every single one of us will be irrevocably changed by the truth of your word and the power of your spirit in this moment, in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Amen. Talking about the power of the kingdom, was a couple of years ago when a personal trainer at a gym that I was attending he came up to me and he'd hurt his arm in the weeks prior to uh, this conversation. And he had a a bandage on his arm. And he, after a discussion about what had happened, he leaned in and whispered and looked around before he asked the question. And he said, do you think you could do something for my arm? And uh, he knew that I was a, a believer and a follower of Christ. He knew that I was a minister of the gospel but when he first asked that it sort of startled me because I'm like what is he asking I'm not a doctor but then I realized what he was asking for and he leaned in again he said it again do you think you could do you know something for my arm like do you think and this guy was a heathen of heathens he 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 was not someone who acknowledged the lordship of Jesus over his life But he recognised that there was something in my life that he needed. And because of a need that was in his life, he said, do you think you could do something for my arm? And so I laughed and I put my hand gently on his shoulder. We began to pray and God miraculously, supernaturally, immediately healed him right there in that moment. To the point that he goes, I'm gonna go lift the weight. And he goes and lifts the weight and he had no problem in that session. And it's interesting for all of Western culture's emphasis on reason and logic, when people have real needs in their life, they're more open to the supernatural. Than ever before. And particularly as a culture, we're quite enamored with the supernatural. You only have to look at media to discover that. Movies like The Avengers or Lord of the Rings or popular movies have supernatural themes, superhuman themes running through them. TV series like The Supernatural books with supernatural themes. There's even a book now becoming supernatural. You can learn how to become apparently supernatural. Festivals like Mind, Body, Spirit Festival attracts uh, over 100,000 people uh, on a regular basis here in the city of Melbourne. I remember being at a dinner party where the people were unbelievers, Our parents of uh, uh, friends of my son and my kids who were at school and, and we're over at a dinner party and they didn't want to talk about church. But the next moment, this person asked the question, have you had any, any encounters with demons? And I'm like, whoa. It's like, we don't want to talk about church. We don't want to talk about religion, but we want to talk about the supernatural. Why is that? I think one of the reasons why is because there's something in us that wants to escape the ordinary. There is something about good versus evil on a cosmic scale that thrills our hearts. And just for one moment, why are movies so popular? For one moment, we want to escape the ordinariness of our lives and actually discover something about another realm, another world that's so different and foreign to what we're used to on a daily basis. But I think that points to another more important and more deep reason for being engaged with the supernatural. And that is that God has hardwired us for the divine. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has put eternity into the hearts of humanity. You are hardwired in the image and likeness of God. Someone once said, we aren't just human beings having a spirit experience, we are spirit beings having a human experience. You and I have been made in the image and likeness of God. We're called into God's heavenly family. We've been called to extend the truth and the reality of the Garden of Eden to the to the rest of the planet when God declared, be fruitful and multiply. When God gave Adam and Eve dominion and authority to extend the, the, the reality of God's kingdom in Eden, it was to take what they had experienced, the unbridled intimacy of the Garden of Eden into the rest of the planet. Romans 1, the Apostle Paul declares to us that the creation itself bears witness to a Creator and therefore to a supernatural realm beyond our own earthly realm. Unfortunately, I don't think we tend to approach the unseen realm of the Bible with the same appetite that we approach science fiction movies. And part of the reason for that is, is that modern Christianity has often presented to the world an inferior view of the Kingdom of God as being powerless and boring. In fact, in 2 Timothy 3 5, the Apostle Paul uh, had foreknowledge of the future and he prophesied that in the last days people will have a form of godliness but deny its power. And I think the modern church at times is at risk of fulfilling Paul's prophecy that we celebrate form over substance we're satisfied with verbal explanations of the kingdom of God rather than visible demonstrations of the kingdom of God. And yet the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 4.20 says the kingdom of God doesn't consist of talk, but power. I remember talking to a pastor at a church many years ago and we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I would love to see more of the power of the Holy Spirit in our church But it's just not our culture. And I thought to myself, well, what gospel are you preaching then? Because in Mark 16, Jesus said that He would confirm the gospel with accompanying signs and wonders. If something is not happening that the Bible says it should be happening or is available or is accessible to us and that is not happening in the life and culture of the church, then when we're the ones who have to bend to the truth, not the truth bend to us. And often what we've done is we've accommodated the absence of the power of God and become professional explainers of why God doesn't do something to justify a lack of the power rather than contending for His kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are the ones that are to bend to the truth of God's Word. God's truth is not bending to how we feel or what isn't happening or what is happening in the earthly realm. The Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 1, 1.5 says our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. So if there is a lack of power, the lack is never on God's end, it's always on ours. When Jesus' disciples weren't able to minister freedom to the boy that was tormented by demons, they didn't you know, come beside Jesus and say, why couldn't you minister freedom to the boy? No, they assumed that the lack was on their part. They said, why couldn't we minister freedom to this young boy? And Jesus said, this kind only is dealt with, only comes out through prayer and fasting. In other words, there's more than enough power in the supply line of heaven from heaven to earth. The issue we lack is a lack of demand from earth and a lack of contending, and the power of the kingdom to break in to people's situations. They have a supernatural worldview that is informed by the angel of the Lord saving them from Egypt. We heard about it at the Lord's table at communion today. They have a worldview that is informed by God sending 10 plagues to the most powerful empire on planet Earth at that time. God opening the Red Sea, God sustaining Israel, an entire nation, through 40 years in the wilderness, through manna from heaven, through a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Jews, Orthodox, observant Jews have a supernatural worldview because it's fundamental in the very fabric of their historical DNA and who they are and what God has brought them through. And so when Jesus came preaching, the Son of David, the Messiah, the Son of God, when He came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the very next thing He did was to begin to move in the power of the kingdom. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach good news to those poverty in spirit. In other words, He's message was complemented by demonstrations of power. In fact, even when JB Hi-Fi, you know who JB Hi-Fi is? John the Baptist. I call him JB Hi-Fi. When JB came to Jesus and said, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Because JB's in prison and things aren't turning out like he thought it was going to turn out. He's like, I just want to know whether or not you're the Messiah. How did Jesus respond to John the Baptist? He said, go and tell John this. The blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news preached to them. He pointed to the signs and wonders of the kingdom of God as confirmation and evidence that the kingdom of God has now come with power. When I was a teenager, my father who's here today and I've got so much honour and respect for, he developed quite a nasty growth on his tongue. And he went to the doctor and got it tested. And in fact, it was malignant. It was a cancerous growth. And, and I still remember the day that dad came back to the church office. My mum and I were there and uh, my dad told us the news and he was looking quite white and sheepish with the news that he just received, as you can imagine. But I saw my father for the next five days go to the front of that church, at the altar of that church and begin to seek God in prayer and declare the name of Jesus over His tongue and pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to manifest in His body and heal that tongue. And we noticed over those five days that the growth of that tongue began to look different. It it didn't appear the same. My dad went back to the doctor and the doctor had a look at it and said, that looks very different from what it looked like a few days ago. We need to retest it. And they retested it and it came back negative in Jesus' Name, it was no longer malignant. Uh, but it was benign. And so right there from a very early age, I saw the power of the kingdom of God manifest in my dad's life. And I've seen that over and over again in our family. You just need to know the kingdom of God and the supernatural go hand in hand. That's why we have a kingdom culture core value. Miracles are normal in the kingdom of God. Miracles are to be a normal supernatural part of our everyday life. Miracles were the norm, Not the exception in the kingdom of God when Jesus came upon the earth. And so too, it should be the same. That's why Jesus has invited us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? He said, well, yes, but my kingdom is not of this world. It's not of the same substance, not of the same Agenda, ambition of this world, he said, My kingdom is supernatural in nature, which means it's over and above natural law. It's from another realm. That's why we see in this passage some people were amazed at the demonstration of healing of this demon oppressed man because they hadn't seen that sort of thing before and where some were amazed, some others being the religious authorities were in fact jealous and out of that jealousy began to attribute to Satan the work of the Holy Spirit which Jesus says is the unforgivable sin. That's why many, many years ago when believers were saying that speaking in tongues was of the devil, they're on dangerous footing because wherever someone attributes the power of the Holy Spirit to the work of Satan, they're on dangerous footing. And Jesus says, no, this is not a work of Satan. This is the demonstration of the power of the kingdom of God in your midst. And so, one of the greatest obstacles to God's kingdom advancing across the earth is for us to try and follow Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit resident in our lives. Jesus said in verse 28 If it's by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In other words, this is what Jesus is saying you'll know the kingdom is present. When the power of the Holy Spirit begins to intervene in your everyday life, in earthly events, when the kingdom comes, the spiritual becomes visible. And miracles are evidence of the authority of the kingdom of God. I remember when a couple came up to me years ago uh, asking for prayer at a prayer line. They had been barren, unable to have children, had three miscarriages. Doctors had said, It's dangerous to try again. They came up brokenhearted, desperate. And so I began to pray for them. And as I began to pray, God showed me a picture of me standing on the platform of that church 12 months from that point, holding their beautiful newborn baby boy in my arms. And I began to pray this picture out and declare it over them. Obviously, they were emotionally moved by that. But 12 months later, almost to the week, we dedicated their newborn baby boy with their family in that auditorium testifying to the power of the kingdom of God, the glory and goodness of Jesus at work in people's lives. How did that happen? How did Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons? I'll tell you how, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, yes, was fully and properly God, but he was also fully and properly man. He needed the anointing of the Spirit of God upon his humanity, upon his spirit, upon his life to be able to minister and move in the power of the kingdom. In fact, the Bible tells us in Acts 2.22, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. Even Jesus' job description that He quoted from Isaiah 61 that is quoted in Luke chapter four tells us that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because there's a purpose for the anointing and the Spirit of the Lord being upon Jesus as it is upon you and I, because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind and to open the prison to those who are bound. And you need to know today that the same power and anointing upon Jesus' life has now been made available for every single believer in Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 tells us that that you shall receive power, dunamis power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's why Jesus said to His disciples, don't you dare leave Jerusalem until you've been clothed with dunamis power because you're not gonna be able to fulfil the Great Commission. You're not gonna be able to extend the kingdom without supernatural power of the kingdom at work in your life. Why is that? Because it's not cleverness that actually breaks yokes of bondages of people's lives. It's not even just articulating some general truths. It's the anointing on that truth That breaks the yoke of bondages off of people's lives. It's not how charismatic you are. It's not how educated you are, even though education is good and and needs to be pursued. It's not how wealthy you are, even though being blessed financially is a blessing. It's about what is the power that you carry in your relationship with God? What's the anointing that is upon your life? We see the contrast of this in the book of Acts when seven sons of Sceva tried to cast demons out of a man vicariously through somebody else's, the Apostle Paul's anointing and revelation, that the demon in the man looks at the seven sons and says, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but I don't know you. And the Bible tells us this rather comical scene where the spirit in the man leaps upon those seven sons, beats them up and actually sends them away running away naked. Uh, Because if you come to a gunfight with a pencil, you're going to come off second best. But when you come against the kingdom of Satan with the authority, the power and the anointing of Jesus upon your life, I'm telling you that you'll begin to see transformation. You'll Begin to see breakthrough in people's lives. And it's not always through shouting. It's not always through loud music. Sometimes it's just through a gentle prayer, a gentle whisper. So it's not based upon your personality, whether you're extrovert or introvert, whether you're loud or whether you're quiet. It's based upon your revelation of who Jesus is. It's based upon the power that is resident, that comes through your own intimacy with God. And whether you have been filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you have faith in that name Peter said when he after he ministered to the lame beggar at the gate beautiful it was faith in Jesus name not in a man's name not in a church's name but faith in Jesus name that has made this man well you see because Jesus has defeated our adversary and sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost every single believer And follower of Jesus has access to the power and authority of the Kingdom of God. Jesus said this fascinating analogy or idea. He said in verse 29, How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Who is the strong man in this passage that Jesus is alluding to? He's talking about our adversary, the father of lies, the strong man of Satan. He's saying, because I have bound the strong man, I have authority over his house. How did Jesus get that authority? Well, we know that the the truth and application of the cross uh, is the fulfilment of that full authority. But actually, it took place in the wilderness after Jesus' baptism. After Jesus' baptism in water, the heavens were opened, the Spirit of God descended like a dove and remained upon Jesus. And the Father declared for the first time, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. First time the Father declares, this is my Son. The Messiah has arrived. The Son of David has arrived. The Son of God has arrived immediately after Jesus' baptism. He was led, not by the devil, By the Spirit into the wilderness regions, into the desert regions to confront Satan. Why? Because Satan, up until that time, was the ruler of this world. Back in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, when they rebelled and disobeyed against God, actually handed their dominion, authority and rulership of this world to the enemy of our soul and Satan became the ruler of this world. Jesus was going to the wilderness to take back what we had handed to Satan. And so you need to understand the significance of wilderness desert environments. In the Old Testament, the wilderness or desert environment was a place of evil entities. In fact, the, the, the Bible tells us in Leviticus 17 that Israel during their season of 40 years in the wilderness actually offered up sacrifices to demons in the wilderness to try and protect them because of what was going on around them. It's one of the reasons why the High Priest on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, would actually place His hands upon the head of the goat and transfer the sins of the people onto the scapegoat and send it out wandering into into the wilderness regions, the desert regions, the place of evil entities so that the Israel could be on holy ground and could have the holiness of God upon them and that scapegoat would go out to the wilderness regions because it was known as a place of evil entities. It's no surprise then that Satan comes to tempt Jesus where? In the wilderness. And Satan knew who Jesus was. And Satan knew that Jesus was on a mission to restore the kingdom back to the Father and to hand back dominion back to uh, the sons and daughters of God. And so Satan's third strategy, some of us will be familiar with Satan coming and tempting Jesus. His final temptation, his third strategy for getting Jesus to violate his relationship with his Father was to actually take Him to the highest mountain and to show Him all the kingdoms of the world, all the nations of the earth that now belonged to Satan. And Satan said, if you will bow down and worship me, which is what Satan wanted from the beginning of time. He wanted to sit on God's throne. He wanted to be like God. He wanted the worship of all of heaven and earth to be His and His alone. And He said, yep, I'll short-circuit the Father's plan. You can get the nations back provided you bow down and worship me. And Jesus looked at Satan and said, get nicked, you shall not worship the Lord your God. Him only shall you serve. And what Satan didn't realize is that he had overplayed his hand because he didn't realize that Jesus' mission wasn't just about restoring the kingdom, but was about rebuilding a covenant family. Hello church. That's why one of our values is church is a covenant family because from Genesis to Revelation, this idea, this terminology, this theology of the family runs through it because you and I have been invited into God's heavenly family to participate in joint ownership, rule and authority with God's purposes and intentions on planet earth. And Satan thought that he had it all sewn up and he didn't realise that God's plan, in order for God to rebuild a family, God's plan was to actually require death so that the sins of all of the people groups, of all of the nations could be atoned for and all of the nations could be restored back into right fellowship and relationship with God. What does Jesus do after immediately conquering Satan and his temptations? He goes and He calls 12 disciples. These 12 disciples represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And soon after, he goes and calls another 72. Some Bibles translate 70 uh, people. Other translations say 72 people. He calls another 72 and he sends them out two by two, to go and proclaim the kingdom. And these 72, you say, why 72? If you've wondered why 72, it's because after the flood, 72 people groups and nations actually were sent out across the earth. And that's where we get the Tower of Babel from, converge. And so Jesus is saying, guess what? I'm sending out 72 people groups, people to represent the restoration of the nations back to the kingdom of God. And so when the 72 returned, guess what they said? They said, Jesus, you won't believe it. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And in Luke 10 18, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What was he saying? He was saying, Wherever the power of the kingdom manifests, it's the beginning of the end for the reign of Satan. It's the beginning of the end of the lordship of the enemy over this earthly realm. And when you and I move in the power of the kingdom, we're sending a signal to all the cosmic powers and authorities in the universe Jesus is the King of Kings. And He is the Lord of Lords and His reign shall be forever. That's why we sing what we sing. That's why we pray what we pray. That's why we preach what we preach. Because it's a sign that the great reversal of Satan's reign has now come to an end. You see, the 1 Peter 3.22 says to us, Jesus is now at the right hand of God with angels, authorities and powers subject to Him. And guess what? If you're a follower of Jesus in Ephesians, it tells us you have been seated with Him in heavenly places. Far above every rule and reign or authority, meaning you have access to the power and authority of the Kingdom of God. That's why whenever, whomever Jesus calls to follow Him, He gives them the power of the Kingdom because you can't follow Jesus and be authentic to the reality of the Kingdom of God that now lives inside of you if you don't have His power at work in your life. The Bible says in Luke 9.1, that Jesus called the 12 together and He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And He sent them out to proclaim the Kingdom of God and to heal. And so for every single one of us today, you need to understand that just like the 12 disciples, you've been called to not be an observer, but an activator of the Kingdom of God in your life. The Kingdom of God is within you. Everywhere you go, you carry it because you've been delivered and transferred from the domain of darkness into the domain and kingdom of God. And so when you're on the job, when you're in the cafe, when you're with your family, when you're watching your kids play sport, when you're going about your daily life, you carry the kingdom within you. The power of the kingdom of God to bring heaven to earth is within you because you and I, as God's images, are His representatives in the earthly realm. This is what it means to be a part of a son and daughter, a citizen in the kingdom of God. And that's why He invites us to pray this privileged prayer, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so your assignment and my assignment is to imitate Jesus, is to bring heaven to earth through visible demonstrations of the power of the kingdom. Let's not become professional explainers of an absence of something. Let's contend for it. Let's believe for it. Let's pursue it. Why? Because it's available for us. And we can do this with faith, knowing that not even the gates of hell can withstand Jesus building His church through our lives. Can I hear a good amen from somebody today? Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you're ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.